You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't actually have any new callers today, but what we do have is a caller by the name of Daniel from California. What's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Daniel from California. Hey. On the whole calling tower thing, I think I have a unique take, I think. I don't think he's actually, uh, you know, crapping on Jordan Love. I think he's actually trying to push down the uh, the Vegas over-under a little more just so, because I think he thinks that's a good bet, but I think he's just trying to get another, you know, another game off the top. And I think he's probably secretly betting on it, because that, it looks like one of those bets, man, that it, you know, the team is good enough to get you there, right? I think it's either seven and a half wins, I think where we were last time I checked, but I think that's what he's doing. I think he's trying to bet on the Packers, but he's never been into anybody. It's such a ridiculous take, right? You're putting so much out there that he's just, oh, he's just bad, right? He's just, like, no one's seen anything when you have all the body of work, you know? It's not body of work, but it's just articles, and there's the paper trail of the exact opposite of what you're saying. You can't say it unless you got... Unless you're trying to craft a narrative that you can either make money off of or get clicks from or something. But I don't know. He's probably betting on it. That's all I got. Go back, go. Well, that is a, a different perspective, that's for sure. Um, we talked about it, obviously, to end the show yesterday a little bit. And I think I'm going to stick with the theory that he's getting, quote-unquote, inside information. But the inside information is the opinion of a reporter slash radio guy, whatever, that just doesn't really like him, uh, is not impressed by him, whatever. Um, and, and I think the, the biggest reason is sort of twofold on that. Um, number one, what does Colin Coward care more about? The bet that, I mean, first of all, what would even be the bet as far as win totals or Jordan Love bet or whatever? I mean, how confident are you in him that you really want to bet on him? 
But anyways, would you be more interested in the little bit of extra money that you could potentially win, but not guaranteed, or your reputation, which earns you millions and millions of dollars? I wouldn't be surprised if Colin Coward really doesn't bet. He has a betting thing, but I mean, what, what is he getting? Like $10 million or something crazy? I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's trying to move the market. And that's sort of the, the number two point is how much is he moving the market? Like if we went and looked at it, is the Packers line moved at all since he said Jordan Love, he doesn't have faith in him? I would bet that it hasn't moved at all. And if it has, I, I don't think it's necessarily because of Colin Coward. In fact, I think what um, Jacob was talking about a little bit is that things are kind of moving in a more positive direction, not so much a negative direction. So it's possible that that's what he's trying to do. I would guess that's probably not it, but who knows? Hey, it's Jimmy. Hey. Um, so I got to tell you, I love this concept of the songwriting and the contest. And I've, I know I've already let you know that I would plan to contribute. Um, it's got my wheels turning. I've got a couple of cool songs I'm working on actually and I don't want to overpromise anything so I'll just right. leave it at that for now but and also <laughs> I'm gone right now uh I've been you know just daydreaming about various songs that could apply and whatnot uh or that could be altered and <laughs> I thought of Safety Dance by Men Without Hats uh-huh. and I looked at the lyrics I would love if you would take a look at those lyrics and see how it applies so so aptly to the safety play that we've had and hopefully that changes this year but um it exactly describes the play of our safeties uh, in the recent years uh the safety dance men without hats check it out i know it's a little bit before your time but uh maybe maybe you know it uh if you don't listen to it it's a great song it's fun fun 80s dance tune um anyway that's it jimmy out all right, the safety dance. I'm not going to play it. I'm assuming everybody knows it. And if you think you don't know it, you do know it. You just don't recognize the uh, the name, but you, you, you know it. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind because your friends don't dance. And if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. Say we can go where we want to, a place where they'll never find. And we can act like, and we can act like we come from out of this world Leave the real one far behind, and we can dance or sing. All right. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to I'm trying to think here. So this is this is the safety dance, and it pertains to our safeties. I mean, at least the part where it says we can go where we want to, a place they'll never find. I mean, that works. <laughs> that sounds like our safeties. We can go when we want to. Night is young, and so am I. It works, kinda. We can dance, we can dance, everything's out of control. <laughs> we can dance, we can dance, everyone look at your hands. And then I think it kind of repeats all that. Fair enough. Hey, Pack Daddy. Hey. It's uh, Christmas Eve, and we're about to get into talking about the playoffs. And or Wait a minute. I don't think your calls are that nah, backed up. So, uh, you got everyone. Just making a funny. Uh, I did want to call in and say uh, something about, I read an article that ESPN had apparently uh, cut a bunch of its online personalities, like maybe up to 20. Uh, I can't uh, describe how disgusted I am that Colin Coward wasn't one of them. But, uh, <laughs> Is he ESPN? I don't even know. Uh, wishes can't come true, so we'll see what happens. But uh, Susie Colbert, I know we all remember that famous incident on the field with uh, Joe Namath where he says, I want to kiss you. 
And uh, I so don't know that. Goodbye to Keyshawn, Max Kellerman, and uh, Van Gundy and all those other guys. So uh, maybe next time uh, Cal Turd can make that list. So, anyways, have a happy Fourth of July. Uh, this may get played in September, but uh, anyways, I kid because I care, Ryan. <laughs> Take your time off. You deserve it. Have a good one. Yeah, everybody's up in arms, and I'm just sitting here going, I don't know who any of these people are. Like, Susie Colbert is the greatest reporter that's ever existed. Like, I've never heard of that person in my life. I have no idea who that is. Um, who else did you say? Max Kellerman? I mean, that guy's a... I can't imagine why... Did anybody enjoy watching Max Kellerman? I don't know. I, I very rarely... Like, I don't even think he's ever been on this show because he's never said anything interesting enough to be on the show he's always one of those guys that he's on like those fighting shows not like physical fighting but arguing shows and he's arguing and i just don't care what he has to say Keyshawn, i think occasionally has either been on the show or has you know i've seen him on these roundtable discussions or whatever but i i mean I can't say it's like a big loss. I mean, it, it, these shows really just feel like if you grab some random fans and put them on TV and just had them go around, like, it, just as long as they're comfortable on TV, I think you would get about the same quality of content. I, I don't think there was any real genuine deep insights other than, well, Keyshawn, we got to listen to him because he's a former player, he would know. Well, I mean, if you're asking him specific football stuff, maybe, but eh. Van Gundy? I have no idea who that is. I've never heard that in my life. Let's see, who else did they fire here? Um, Sports Center anchor Ashley Brewer. Never heard of her. Uh, Jalen Rose. Never heard of him. Uh, Chris Chris Chelios. He was on ESPN? Dang, I know Chris Chelios, bro. Blackhawks legend. Matt Hasselbeck. I mean, he's a football player. Honestly, listen, I, 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 unpopular take here. This was a wise decision. Now, it's probably a decision being made by Disney because they're freaking bleeding. But really, how much extra money are you paying somebody like Matt Hasselbeck just because his name is Matt Hasselbeck as opposed to somebody who could do the job equally well and would take one hundredth of that amount of money? Like, oh, I don't know, me? <laughs> Half the people listening to this show right now? I mean, it, it, I, listen, I don't know what Matt Hasselbeck was doing, and I'm sure he could probably break down film if they even had him doing that. I don't know, but... Steve Young, I didn't even know he was on there. I didn't know he was on TV. Rob Ninkovich. I mean, th these are all like former football players that they overpaid, like just given massive amounts of money because they assume that it gives some kind of credibility or something. And really, it's just random people talking football. Just find TV person. I mean, they didn't fire Colin Coward. What does that tell you? Pay somebody who's talented at the job you want them to do. Don't pay somebody who's talented at being an NFL quarterback just because they're an NFL quarterback, although they're not necessarily particularly talented in this arena. Neil Everett, no idea who that is. Ashley Brewer, don't know that person. June Lee, never heard of that person. LaFonzo Ellis. Todd McShay, I know. I mean, he's a talented draft person. Um, I kind of think that's going to be a little bit of a hit because he's a very well-known draft person. Um, and ESPN, I think, kind of has a, a pretty strong standing in the draft community just because they've got Kuiper and McShay. But, um, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know that those guys are particularly good, but they're, they're like big names in the draft, and you just cut 50% of that duo there. I never liked their dynamic. It always felt like 
Kuiper is like there's there's a power dynamic there. Like Kuiper wants to be respected as the guy that knows everything, and McShay kind of was. Who was the? Um, well, whatever. I'm not going to remember their names. He kind of gave way to it, and then he started wanting to fight back a little bit, and it, it just it never sounded like a couple people that wanted to be in the same room together. Like they genuinely hated each other. Just was not fun to listen to. Uh, Jordan Carnett, never heard of that person. Jason Fitz, never heard of. David Pollock, I don't know who that is. And again, of that group, the only person that is I slightly care about is Todd McShay. And Todd McShay will, in five seconds, be able to find a job in the NFL Draft Arena with a different outfit. And so he's not going to leave. He's just not going to be with ESPN, which means nothing to me. And it actually makes me happy because I have to actually pay... It's not very much, but when draft season rolls around, I pay for ESPN so that I can get Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper's rankings and stuff, which probably isn't worth a ton, but I feel like I should have it and know it. And maybe I won't have to next time because I shouldn't be paying for ESPN because that is the biggest joke. I I, I shouldn't say biggest, but it's bad. I mean, you know, when you look at like PFF or uh, all these different entities that come out with these advanced metrics, SIS, and a bunch of different outfits that have that. I mean, NFL has their next-gen stats. ESPN's stats and ratings and rankings is just... Their analytics department is just on crack 24-7. So look, I, I don't want to sound overly cold, but if you're not providing something that people want, I don't necessarily feel bad. And they're not providing what people want. You know how I know? Because they don't have enough money to pay these people. I don't know. I know some people watch it. I have no idea why. Especially like on ESPN. I have all this stuff on YouTube. And YouTube, what they'll do is they'll break them down into like five-minute segments. And so if there's a segment about Jordan Love or the Packers or whatever, I can watch that five-minute segment, decide if it's interesting or not, and either put it on the podcast or not. I'm not sitting there turning on ESPN just watching this. No way in the world am I doing that. Hey, what's going on? It's Omar the Firefighter. How you doing? What's going on? I'm in the truck right now, so I don't know. Not the fire truck. I'm not talking to y'all on the fire truck. That, that, you know, that would get me in trouble, I'm sure. Um, But, uh... There's a blazing fire. He's sitting in the truck. Just give me a minute! I'm on the phone! I was listening to the episode when you were talking about the outside linebackers, and it, it kind of reminded me, because I was part of the team who thought Rashawn Gary was a bust, and he sucked. And I was like, why did we do that after we already got two pass rushers? Yeah. Um, but it was funny that rookie year, I remember watching preseason games, and I think we played uh, the Ravens because I remember Lamar Jackson just went crazy in the preseason on us. And I saw it, and it was like he ran by Gary, and Gary was just like, didn't put no effort. Like, I'm not going to even try to get this guy. Like, and kind of gave up. And I was screaming and yelling, and I was like pissed off. Like, what the hell, man? That's what, what you doing? But then I think there was that exact same game, um, or or it might have been the next preseason game, where a running back like had ran like the opposite way he was, and he like gunned it, like went like super speed. It was like a forty yard run or something. He ran super fast and caught him and made the tackle like forty yards later. It was crazy. I was like, well, at least he's fast. Like I mean, he might suck, but at least he's fast. But I'm glad he uh, turned into. A, a superstar for us, and uh, hopefully we can get him on a good contract, but nothing that's going to like, you know, make us broke later. Um, and then my side question or topic, just to give something to talk about. Tell if tell me if it's a player that you can that's bad on our team that you could make good, right? Um, that's a starter. So I'm gonna do starters only. So it's a, a starter that you wish you can make better. 
Okay. All right. But you have to make another starter worse. Oh. Who would it be? I just figured that'd be an interesting question. All right. Anyway, love y'all. Go pack. Go. Um. I mean, there's a couple of ways I could cheat the system here. Uh, number one would be just to say Jordan Love, even though we don't know what he is. I mean, that's the most important position. But as far as, like, the baseline, like, we know what they are, I'd like to make them better. That's tough because, I mean, I could even look at Zach Tom and and just say, just for safety's sake, let's just make him really good. Um, or Wyatt. I mean, that, that's, that's most of these guys are, like, question marks, you know? Um I mean, or, or you can go the other end of the spectrum and say Savage, which would be sort of getting the most value, right? Because you're, you're obviously increasing the most. Um, you can go position-wise and look at pass rushers and say, you know, maybe Preston or something, go from being a good edge rusher to an elite edge rusher. I guess it depends how you look at it. Um, I mean, Jordan Love is probably the right answer, but it's it's not an interesting answer because we don't even know what he is yet, so you're not really making anyone better. You're just trying to help make them good. It would have to be somebody relatively young. Like, I wouldn't pick Bakhtiari or Aaron Jones or Devondre Campbell or somebody that's only going to be here for a little while. Maybe it would be Savage. He's a young guy. Turn him into a good safety. We've got that figured out. It's not as dire that we go and get a safety. Certainly going to help us this year. That that probably makes the most sense. If I got to make somebody worse, again, can kind of cheat the system here. You could find somebody that's either old or just kind of bad to begin with. Or like, oh, you did say it has to be a starter. I was going to say somebody a little further down the roster. That, that does make it a little bit tough. Like, w one thought would be Aaron Jones. Now, I don't want to see that at all, but we still have probably some capable abilities from Aaron Jones. I mean, he's got an 86 PFF grade. What, he drops down to a 70? I don't have any problem with that. If it's a 60, that kind of sucks. But we still got A.J. Dillon. Like, we can still make a run game work. Plus, again, he's probably not going to stick around forever. If it was just for this year, mm, trying to think of something that would be sort of mitigated. Like, I think you could pick somebody... Well, I, you could pick Darnell Savage. Because, I mean, he was horrific last year you make him worse than he was last year and it's it's basically no difference end up benched and replaced otherwise i mean you could go with um might be a little bit cheating here but we got kind of like three starting tight ends could just say deguara as much as it would break my heart because we don't get much from him anyways and then we still have a ton of upside with musgrave and Kraft. so maybe deguara would be the safest bet so i guess improve savage downgrade deguara but yeah you can go in a million different directions with that depending on how you want to look at it, I guess. It's a good question. Ryan, hi from Chippy Waffles up here. Chippy just Waffles. If we were to do something at the draft, if we just like a rib cook-off, then we just have a big old feast afterwards anyway. What do you say about that? I have been thinking about that. Like, I don't know how it's going to be laid out for the draft. I'm guessing, like, you can't just start up, like, a, a shop somewhere and be like, all right, this is our... Like, they're going to have designated things going on. Um... But that would be cool. Like I, I was, I was already talking about. It. it would be great if Green Bay did something for like creators. So you had YouTube channels and and YouTubers, podcasters, whatever that had like a designated area, sort of like Media Row. And the other benefit of that is if we have a designated space, yeah, dude, we could bring smokers. I don't, I don't care what the rest of those guys are doing. They can do whatever they want. I couldn't care less. But we're going to be live streaming. We're going to be smoking some meat. We're going to have a 
bunch of coolers full of drinks, and we've probably got some runners, right? Hey, we're getting a little low on our coolers. And, uh, yeah, man, we'll have a little station, have people come over and hang out with us. I think that'd be super cool. The downside is, if I'm going to the draft, I kind of want to experience the draft a little bit, so it'd be nice to not exactly have that much stuff and that much of a designated area and maybe just kind of do... I mean, you could still live stream and everything else from it as you're walking around to different areas. So do you want to be tied down to an area, whether that be a booth or just a smoker or something? Or would it be better to just have as little as possible, cruise around, do whatever you want? I guess you could do both. We could set up camp somewhere that has a smoker and everything else, and we can kind of just abandon it. Not entirely, but, you know, we, we could leave somebody behind. Make sure somebody doesn't walk off with a smoker. <laughs> but no, I, I think that is... However it comes to be, I think that that's a fantastic idea, and I think that that's something that should absolutely happen. If you'd like to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is the place to do that. You can support me for as little as $1 a month, or hit me up on Venmo at Packernet Podcast. Um, please remember Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. If you'd like to support them, you can find them at fertilegroundranch.org. And again, if you want to support the... Um, uh, Packers family member of ours that's going through a tough time, check the pin tweet where I have a GoFundMe link there and uh, you'll be able to support them. Any and all help would be appreciated. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's going on, Mr. Omar How y'all doing? Call back one more time. Uh, I forgot to mention, um, all CBS have ranked all the backup QBs in the NFL. And when I saw the title, I already knew that we were last <laughs> yeah. with Sean Clifford. And guess what? We were. We were last with Sean Clifford. And it also kind of brought back the thought I had, which I think people mentioned before, is that basically it almost feels like um, all or nothing, which I'm not mad about, with Jordan Love. So let's say if Jordan Love gets hurt, we're going to have like a top 10. Right. Easy. If not a top well, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I I'm just have a different mentality than a lot of people on this. There's so much concern about a backup quarterback. Why do you want to be a bad football team, but but just kind of like kind of bad? Look, if, if we lose Jordan Love, I want the first overall pick, period. I understand you want to enjoy your Sundays and all that crap. That's nice. But you're going to enjoy like two additional Sundays if we have Carson Wentz as our freaking quarterback. Maybe. And you're not even going to enjoy it because it's still going to suck. We're going to eke out a win and you, you get no satisfaction out of that because it's only going to be against horrible teams. We're probably barely going to beat them and it's not going to provide any long-term... What, what, are you going to start feeling good about the team again? Of course not. So, no, dude, it's... I mean, if Jordan Love gets hurt, then dang, I guess uh, better luck next year, right? That sucks. To get one of these two great QBs that's supposed to come out next year. And... I feel like they're like, well, Jordan, if you lose me a little bit here, hold on, hold on, slow down now. Your contract, it's kind of like that. What you get hurt? Yeah, this ain't this isn't working. Aim for if Jordan is not a good player, because I think if Jordan's a good player, we're winning the game. I think easy if he's good. If he's an okay player, we'll probably be in the middle of the pack. Um. I still think we probably maybe get to the playoffs if he gets a little bit. All right, so I'm just going to take this as we think Jordan Love can be good. So, sorry, dude. I don't know why that was acting all jacked up. Actually, let me see if I can just read this. Uh, not really. Reading it sounds just as choppy as how it sounded. But yeah, I mean, as far as the backup quarterback thing goes, I'm just, I'm not as interested. I mean, you, you can certainly make a case for it. I mean, I, I know over the years we've had. Uh, Rodgers has also never really had backups. I mean, nobody that could ever come in and, and play a game, not since, you know, Flynn. And and that is, to some degree, kind of made me nervous as far as, you know, we've seen situations occasionally where a backup will come in and keep things going, whether that be in the regular season or maybe even potentially winning a game in the postseason. I mean, the the, the Chiefs did it. We saw the Eagles win a Super Bowl with a backup. But I also just think it's really, really unlikely that that's going to be the scenario. Hey, Ryan. Uh, still getting caught up, but uh, I had a dream last night that the Packers won week one against the Bears 37-9. to So nice. if we win 37-9 to and Jordan Love does four touchdown passes, um, you can thank me for my dream. I will. Um, I think it's going to happen. And second, you're talking about the way they teach us Street Dustin Fields right now, I'm a little getting caught up, but, uh, and about how they treat him like, you know, you talk about, try to talk about how you use that, you know, it's the rest of the team, and it's, it's like they treat him like Rodgers has been treated for years. Like, anything that's a problem is not his fault, which, yeah. at least Rodgers had a leg to stand on, you know, his resume. Field does no resume to stand on. It's just kind of funny. But, uh, anyway, go back, go. 
Yeah, and even that is is hello, somewhat narrative driven, right? I think I feel like that came about later on, right? It was a, it was a great football team with a great GM and a great head coach and and a great quarterback and but it was everybody was great, man. I mean, Clay Matthews was amazing and Jordy and and Rodgers and it was just an amazing organization team top to bottom. And then it kind of felt like when the Packers didn't win as many Super Bowls as some people thought they should have, it became, well, why? And so somebody needed to come up with an answer because, you know, just because is not a good enough answer for anybody. We got to come up with something. And so the narrative became, I mean, at first it was the defense, right? And, and I think that was understandable because we had some crippling losses with some just pathetic defensive performances. And of course, 2011 was, was so 2009 was horrific defense. 2010, we had a defense and won a Super Bowl. 2011, one of the best offenses, you know, just just freaking unstoppable, but the defense was a joke. Not that that's necessarily why we lost, but that was the, the whole thing. And then I don't know. I don't know exactly how that had evolved. I, I can only think that it maybe had to do with that rough patch when things started to go south, you know, 2017, 2018, even I think 2015 was kind of the first time it was like, eh, something seems weird. And it, I think it just evolved into, and actually now that I think about it, it kind of necessarily has to be that, right? Because the whole narrative is the Packers should have won more Super Bowls. Why does it have to be that way? Well, when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, then you should just win a bunch of Super Bowls. Well, if you blame the quarterback or, or, or make him liable, or if you just look at it and say, it's not really a blame thing, it's just a matter of, you know, it was a good football team that didn't win at all, then that whole thing goes out the window. In order for that to thrive, the quarterback has to be great. There is no such thing as random chance. If you're great, you win, obviously, as we've seen with, you know, Buffalo Bills and whatnot. 49ers, right? They're doing a great job. All those Super Bowls every year. So there has to be something to blame as to what's holding it back. And of course, everybody's happy to jump on the train. You got the pessimistic Packer fans who feel entitled to more Super Bowls, who are happy to jump on that because they believe we, they, they should have more Super Bowls. And you've got, of course, Bears fans, Vikings fans, Lions fans that love to jump on that because, haha, your entire franchise is a joke being propped up by a um, quarterback that you lucked into, which is why it especially pisses me off when Packer fans jump on that because it's like you're jumping on some absolutely absurd Bears fan narrative. For what purpose? Because you're disgruntled? Because it's not good enough for you? Like, freaking grow up. And then the national media, I think, for the most part, is just kind of a joke. They run with whatever narrative is out there, and that one made the most sense. It's, it's just, it's easy. It was always stupid. Again, the, the, the lack of help thing, like, <laughs> there, there's no in-depth look that you could take in, where you, in which you come to the conclusion that, you know what, that was the problem. Number one offense in football in 2020. You know what the problem was? Offense. No issues with wide receivers whatsoever. Had the number one wide receiver in football. But that was what held us back. Why? Because of the friggin' narrative. Who cares? And then when we draft a second-round wide receiver, then it's then it's the sole focus isn't you're not helping Rodgers. It becomes you're not drafting first-round wide receivers, which of course is stupid. It doesn't matter when you get so. The, the only question that matters is is what you have good. <laughs> and what we had was good. It could it have been better? Yes. Every every aspect of this team could have been better, including quarterback. By the way. Quarterback could have been better, running back could have been better, pass rush, the offensive line, the wide receivers, certainly the tight ends. 
our linebackers over the years, safeties, corners. I mean, everything could have been better at one point or another. Very few times has it have have we been able to say literally nothing could have been better. Like 2020 Rodgers was like, I mean, the, zero complaints there. Jair in whatever year, 2020, 2020, uh, yeah, it was 2020, I guess. 2020 was just the year. I mean, that was freaking... <sighs> But again, rather than just saying, you know what, they had absolutely everything they needed, that was an unbelievable team, and then the team just didn't show up for whatever reason, that's football, it happens. No, we gotta, it's because you drafted Jordan Love, that's the reason. Like, you freaking absolute... <sighs> what was the question, Trevor? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think there was one, but... Uh, yeah, dude, thanks for calling, man, I appreciate you. Hey, Ryan, it's Seth. Hey. So. Um, a couple thoughts for you today. Thanks. One is I got a conspiracy theory yes. for you. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it came to me while listening to the podcast. Do it. Um, as you review players, you know, all the different position groups and how they all sucked for that few weeks mm. stretch right after, yeah. right after Rogers broke his thumb pierce. And, uh, my conspiracy theory is they were trying to get out of the playoff race. Because they all wanted Jordan Love instead of Rodgers. They sabotaged it. But when they just couldn't suck as much as they needed to, or for whatever, or they realized Rodgers wasn't going to... Scratch the last thought. They realized yep, yep. Rodgers wasn't going to sit down, that he was going to play through it, even to the potential detriment of the team, then they all started trying again. That's go. my conspiracy theory. Um, uh, second thought... Before we move on, because I certainly would hate to rush a conspiracy theory. It's it's I like it because it's the other side of the coin, because there's been a lot of people saying that Rodgers was throwing the season. Right? Remember that was a conspiracy theory too? It was out of spite against the team. He was trying to play bad. He was trying to do all this stuff to stick it to the team. So this is the team tank. And and to be honest, it doesn't even have to be that specific. We we could go through all different kinds of tanking conspiracies. It could have just been Rodgers broke his thumb, we're screwed. Let's just forget this season, see if we can't get a high pick. I mean, why not? Bears fans have been doing it all year. Yeah, we tanked. That's why we had the number one pick. We were tanking. We did it on purpose. We wanted the number one pick. You guys are a bunch of suckers. You just gave us what we wanted. Now you're in trouble. We're going to be so good this year. So you know what? No, we tanked. When when Rodgers broke his thumb, we said, you know what? I don't want to try anymore. And Rodgers said, good, because I never wanted to try anyways. I hate this place. Can we can we can we can spin that one a bunch of different ways? Well, kind of second and third thought. Talking about other fan bases in the division, I grew up in a Bears household. Okay. And uh, from my experience, and maybe this is just the Bears fans I know, is they always, always, always are hating on the Bears. They always think the Bears suck, mm-hmm. even when the Bears were actually decent for you know a few years there in the early two thousands. They were always down on them. Um, so no matter what, they think the Bears suck, which, in their defense, 99% of the time, then they're right. Um, but that's been my experience. Other than the only exception to that has been they are high on Justin Fields, which I don't get. Because yeah. I keep telling them he's hot trash. Um, but anyways. And Paul's and right. My experience with Vikings fans is they are just miserable. And they think every year that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I remember back when they were high on Christian Ponder. Then they were high oh, on yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, which Bridgewater, maybe would have been yeah. a little better if he didn't get hurt. But they were convinced that first year Teddy Bridgewater took over starting quarterback, they were going to win the Super Bowl. Um, so that's my experience with Vikings fans. So they're the most miserable. 
And then uh, I actually know a few Lions fans, and they're fine because they just got beat into submission enough over the years that they just are humble and don't say anything. We'll see if that changes in the next couple years. So far, I haven't heard much. So, anyways, that's my take on uh, a few things. Hope you're having a good one. Bye. Well, I'll say this, and I have heard some people saying Lions fans are getting a little chirpy, and, and that probably is the case in some places, but for most of our experiences, mine included, I haven't seen Lions, maybe it's just because there aren't many that exist, but I haven't really seen them, and good for them for keeping their mouth shut until they actually accomplish something. That's what Vikings and Bears fans have never learned to do. Keep your mouth shut until you actually do something, then start chirping. Every year we get the chirping, and then the failure... And then they go into hiding. And then in the offseason, they come out and they start chirping. It's just the same bull crap every single time. Um, yeah, my experience with Bears fans is they... I know when I was younger and grew up in Illinois, they were very much like you described the Vikings. It was every year they're going to the Super Bowl. And it was like, why do you believe that? Because you've always been bad. But, you know, they had the you know, monsters of the midway. Just these terrifying defenses and... You know, shreds of hope here. And they had a new quarterback every year, so there's reason to believe that guy can maybe do something. I don't know. And it felt like, to me anyways, after the Packers beat them in the NFC Championship game, that that just completely broke their spirit. And then the Packers go on to win the Super Bowl that year. They were done. And that's when it's like they just vanished. They vanished into thin air. And, um, you know, they they still do that thing where they chirp in the offseason or whatever a little bit about some things. Usually it's just like anti-Packers stuff. Like, you guys are going to suck soon. Ha <laughs> ha, enjoy it, idiots. When Rodgers leaves, you're just gonna, life's going to be horrible. I don't even want to talk about the Bears. But yeah, the, the Fields thing is really, really weird because when Fields got drafted, there was a lot of hype. And, and, and somewhat understandably so. And, you know, that was just my whole thing was you guys need to wait and see what happens first. And then start chirping. But I thought he was an incredible college uh, quarterback. I had made the the statement that I think he's different than the other Ohio State quarterbacks. I think he's better than them. That's not to say that it's definitely going to be a different result. But I felt like he was going to be, you know, he he certainly was better than the other guys when I went back and, and looked at him at least, compared them. But the weird thing is, when that first season ended... They were really down on Justin Fields. I remember watching the, you know, the whole the tape never lies thing and, and they started coming around to like this guy ain't it. We gotta look in a new direction, whatever. And then year two rolls around and he is significantly worse, but ran for over a thousand yards, and they they are more excited about him now after two years of being one of the worst passers in football than they were when they drafted him. The absolute psychotic obsession with Justin Fields. I, I I literally cannot think of any other situation of any other fan base being more obsessed with any other player. Not that I'm super tied into anything, but but who would it even be? Maybe like Pat Mahomes. I, I know, uh, I think JJ's made some comments about Chiefs fans being pretty insufferable. I don't know, but... And maybe the only reason they're so loud is because there's there's basically two groups of people. People that think that Justin Fields is on the verge of a breakout and people like me who see a completely horrific quarterback and so there's there's a lot more like anti-field stuff which causes more pro-field stuff you know as far as the the noise whereas you're not going to hear a whole there's some but it's mostly trolling uh anti um mahomes stuff i mean everybody to some degree understands all right he's pretty freaking good but yeah that one that one is baffling because i was excited after year one it's like well 
here we go again. They were all excited, and now they're all done. But, but you know, they got their new coach, and then they got excited about that. And it's sort of like they get, as time goes on and things get worse, they get more excuses. They buy more into the excuses, and for some reason they get even more excited. Like, he, he is just on the precipice of this breakout. And, and, and I think here's, here is the narrative for Bears fans. He is the most electrifying runner since Michael Vick. And we saw the passing. In other words, if you watch the tape, this isn't reality speaking, this is Bears fan bubble speaking. If you watch the tape, which essentially means highlights, his arm is unbelievable. The only reason we didn't get to see him as a top-tier passer is because the offensive line could not block and he didn't have any wide receivers that could get open. We have reshuffled the offensive line. It is now more healthy. We added a guard. We added a rookie tackle. We got Darnell Mooney back uh, healthy. He was a little bit last year too. But part of the, that, that's the other fun trick is if, if anybody gets injured or is unhealthy for any period of time, you just say he, he wasn't healthy last year. Or if there was something kind of lingering, like what happens with literally every single football player where they have lingering injuries because it's football, you're just like, oh, he wasn't healthy last year. But then we added DJ Moore. And so now... We not only have Michael Vick, but we have a really good passer. Like, I'm not necessarily saying top five, maybe even not even top ten, but he's going to be solid. And and they've been told this by everybody. Like, I watched the tape, and this dude can really sling it. And again, what that means is check out the highlights. But my issue with that is every quarterback in existence has highlights. Every single one of them. I would bet money right now I can go find Brett Hundley highlights. I... It might be a stretch, but I might be able to find some Josh Rosen highlights. Being able to demonstrate that you have the ability to do it doesn't mean anything. The reason I care so much about statistics over the course of the year is because showing me 10 throws for a guy that threw the ball, you know, hundreds of times doesn't mean anything. But they're, they're all the way in, and um, like usual, I am nervous that he is going to take that step. He doesn't have to actually be that good of a passer in order to be a very good quarterback. That's the other part that really makes me nervous is he can grow to being like the 15th or 16th best quarterback, and he is going to be freaking dangerous. Imagine like Aaron Rodgers, but if he could run like Michael Vick, like last year Aaron Rodgers, but he can run like Michael Vick. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, he's going to throw a layup to a defensive lineman while he's trying to throw to an offensive lineman. Like, that'll happen once in a while, but still, I mean, it's, it's an unstoppable thing here. That's the only thing that's scary about this. But there's nothing about his passing that Bears fans should be excited about. And and as cruel as it sounds, I hope that he doesn't take that step. Not for Fields' sake. I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't want to wish bad on any human being. I, he's worked really hard for this. And I hope he gets a lot of money somewhere, just not from the Bears, from being successful. Go be a millionaire as a backup, like Trubisky. Trubisky's doing fine. You can go be Trubisky. Nothing wrong with that. You can be uh, Steelers' fourth... Uh, quarterback. And come be our backup, dude. I'll take him. You kidding me? I'll take Fields all day. And if love goes down, he can come in and just scramble and keep you alive in some games. I'll take Fields all day as a backup. But as cruel as it sounds, I want Fields to fail just so that I have to, I get the opportunity to watch Bears fans finally realize that they were wrong this whole time. And again, they're always wrong, but they're going to be wrong again. And, and, and this one's going to be scary because they are so absolutely positive that he is he is just the next coming of I don't even know what. I guess Michael Vick, right? Because that's what Michael Vick was. I don't think anybody really saw him as like a top five elite passer. He was a solid passer that was just lethal with his legs, which I guess is kind of what Lamar is, but he's so up and down and now he's got injury issues and everything. 
But I'm I'm going to be monitoring it, and it it kind of sucks that the Packers are first. I really need that defense running hot because I'm going to be watching every single week as as these Bears podcasters and YouTubers have to comment on Justin Fields and how it's going. So yeah, it's it is a weird thing, and I and I will say about the Vikings, um, I have noticed them significantly less this year, and I think it's and here's the thing, and I, I know a lot, for most Packer fans, they're more anti-Vikings than anti-Bears, which puts me in a, in a different perspective, um, and I have been in that boat. It just depends. I think it's since they got Justin Fields, I've been more anti-Bears just because they're so bad and they talk so much. But the one thing I'll say about Vikings fans is as as unrealistic as they are generally. I think, I mean, it, and by generally, I mean, like, if, if there's any hope that they're going to be good, they're going to come out and say, we're just going to smash you. But I also think Vikings fans tend to be very negative and realistic to the point in which, like, even right now, I don't think there's a lot of chirping, because I think as much as they like to talk last year about how, you know, they get mad if you call them a fraud team or whatever, I think they know. And I think they're more down on their team than a lot of other people are, including probably me. And so they look at it and go, yeah, we're not going to be very good this year. Half their team hates, or half their fans hate Kirk Cousins. I don't hate Kirk Cousins. So it's just, uh, I think it depends. Bears fans are much more just optimistic, especially this time of the year. They're all just hyping each other up and having a good time. Vikings fans are fighting amongst themselves. And I think that helps keep the fan base in check a little bit, whereas Bears fans are just mostly unrestrained. And again, it's only getting worse because the national media is supporting them as well. So there's no checks in place. Um... Within the fan base, there's no checks in place with the media because they're all very pro-Bears. And even when among the Packers, the fan base is always split, so we got each other in check constantly. And that's not to say some people can't just run amok. There's always going to be some people, but we're constantly fighting with each other. Our media essentially hates the organization. Very anti-Gudekunst, very anti-everything. I mean, they were, they were also anti-Rogers, so they're, they're just anti-everything. They're anti-love. And then the national media doesn't like us. So, I mean, it, it takes work. To support the Green Bay Packers. The Bears are completely unrestrained, but that just means it's going to hurt really bad when they realize that, you know, maybe some of the stuff isn't going to go the way you thought, kind of like free agency. When you guys had $120 million at your disposal and you were told that you're going to get Deron Payne and Elton Jenkins and you were promised all these things. And when Packer fans like me came along and said, no, you're not getting Elton Jenkins because we're not going to let him go. They lie. Oh, you idiot, biased, moron Packer fan. You don't have any money. We're going to pay him. He's, we're going to be dead. Da, 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 da. They're going to get every. They got nobody. There, I, I saw one list that had their linebacker on it in terms of a target. They got nothing that they, that they were targeting. Or at least that the fans were targeting. Again, this is just reality smacking them in the mouth. And then, of course, they pivot. They, oh, I got I to gotta move on. But the, the pivoting is insane. Oh, we're going to get all this stuff. They get none of that stuff. Do they get mad at their team? No. What do they do? Man, Ryan Poles is so thrifty, bro. Like, he refuses to overpay. That's a GM right there. This guy's so good. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Why aren't you mad that you didn't get anybody? Oh, whatever. Oh, yes, we did. We got... And, and now the, the, the talking point is... And again, this is supported in the mainstream. Um, based on the kind of defense they run, linebacker is like the most important position. I'm sorry, I'm not a defensive guru, but I'm here to tell you there is zero defensive schemes in the modern NFL in which the number one position of importance is linebacker. I do not care. If, if you gave the Chicago Bears, if we just got rid of everybody, everybody dumped their defenses, and the Bears got to pick first, do you think they'd take a linebacker? Nope. They would go and get like Bosa or something. 
They'd get pass rushers. They'd probably get two pass rushers. Then they'd get corners. Then they'd get defensive tackles. Then they'd get line. There's no way in the world, I don't care what kind of scheme you're running, that linebacker is going to be one of the premier positions. Bull crap. Ryan, it's Peter Thomas. What's up, player? Hey, listen to the podcast as I'm going grocery shopping, and I'm trying to reach out to Kyle from Madison. Hope oh, your wedding was good, and I hope you got that Simmons cheesecake because oh. you'll know. It is the best cheesecake you can possibly get. Ryan, you are not wrong. Hope it was a good one, buddy. <laughs> as you can tell, see, we're, we're starting to get caught up here a little bit. And yeah, man, I mean, I guess he wouldn't got cupcakes, but um, again, if you're up in the Milwaukee area, I would encourage you to go buy one because they're just uh, pretty delicious. Anyways, why don't we cut it there? Uh, again, make sure you get your calls in because we are starting to get caught up. But you guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.